Uh, we know the story that the angels came and sang that Christ the Savior is born today. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And so this is what we celebrate, that, that Jesus is the peace. And we're going to be looking today at what does Prince of Peace mean. And as we've looked at the other titles that Isaiah said in Isaiah 9-6, we've said that that wonderful counselor is when Jesus became our wonderful counselor to rescue us from our ignorance. And we had ignorance that we don't even realize that we need a counselor. And we said that in the, in the mighty God, that Jesus came to be our mighty God to rescue us from our sin, where many real, don't even realize that we, we have a sin problem. And that's huge. We have a sin. That's our biggest problem is that we have sin. We're separated from God. But Jesus came to rescue us from sin. And last week, we looked at Everlasting Father. And our Everlasting Father came to rescue us from our isolation as we were separated from family, isolated. And Jesus brings us in to the family of God. So as we look at what it means to be the Prince of Peace, let's just go ahead and turn to Isaiah 9. In Isaiah 9, we heard last night, in, even in Isaiah seven fourteen that that the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. And so these people are waiting. Who is this Emmanuel, this God with us? Who is this that's coming? And then it, in Isaiah 9, it talks about this son that's going to be given, the son that's going to be born. It says that in, in verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, the light has dawned. A light, the light of Jesus dawns and takes away darkness. People see this light. And then in verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born. A son is given. Can we say given? Given. A son is given. It's not, it's not that we get we, we grab onto the Son, we grab, you know, who we have in Jesus. No, the Son was given. Jesus Christ is the gift that keeps on giving, right? Today, as we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace that was given to us. Okay, that's important, given. And it says that the government will be on His shoulders and He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of, whose, and of the greatness of His government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And it says the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So as we see Jesus, as we see Jesus and we're trying to figure out what does this Prince of Peace mean? What is, you know, often I would think, well, Prince, that means, Prince, that means you're the, the son of a king. 
So is Jesus the son of a king, or is Jesus the king? Huh. Well, let's look at what the answer is both, right? <laughs> just, to, just to be clear. Yes, he is the king, and he's also the son of the father, who is also the king. So, but Jesus is, is what we're hearing over and over in Scripture, is the prince of peace. And here Isaiah says the prince of peace. But I, when I look at what this word prince means, in the, in the original language, the Hebrew, the word is sar. And sar could mean a lot of different things. Sar could mean a chief captain. It could mean a general, a governor, a keeper, a taskmaster, a principal, a, a lord, even a commander. So think about this. Jesus is, is not just the prince of peace. He's the chief captain of peace. He's the general of peace. He's the commander of peace. Now, when I hear some of those words, some of those imagery, some of the, those thoughts kind of change a little bit in my mind. Instead of this prince that maybe, I mean, you can have a lot of different images of what a prince could be, right? Princes can be good or bad, but in those times, a lot of princes just did whatever they want, and they just lived off the king and did lots of, you know, they're just ready to be in charge someday. But the prince of peace Jesus Christ is the general of peace. He is the, the chief of priests. He's the one that commands all peace. And I think when we look at that that way, it changes a little bit of what we think about the prince of peace. Because Jesus, all peace goes through Jesus. And there is no peace without Jesus, no true peace. We can't have peace on earth like the world wants unless we have the peace of Jesus. And what do all these things have in common? What is a general, a governor, commander, all these things? What do they have in common? They all have authority. They all are in charge of something. And especially for those in, in, in kings, they have power. They have rule. They have reign. And they all reign. They all are in charge. And our as we look at the Prince of Peace, the first idea today is that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He's the Lord who reigns. Jesus reigns. He's the Prince that's in charge. And we're going to see that He doesn't just reign like for a while, like earthly kings, earthly king and, king and queens, they reign for a while. I mean, queen Elizabeth, she lasted 70 years on the throne. That's a long time. I don't know if that's the longest in history. Or, I don't know. It's probably not. But still, uh, that's a long time. For our earthly lives, reigning 70 years. It's nothing compared to what, how Jesus reigns for eternity. Jesus reigns for all time. We heard that last week when we heard about the everlasting Father, the eternal Father, the one that is timeless, the one who will always be reigning. And we even see this in, in verse 7 here of Isaiah 9. It says that, that the, of the greatness, his government and peace will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and, and over his kingdom. He, he's going to reign forever and ever. Establishing and upholding justice and righteousness. 
from that time and forever. Also, in the verse before, in Isaiah 9, 6, it, it talks about how Jesus is this son that's born, this, this son that's given. This, this speaks to his humanity, that Jesus is a person. Yes, he's a person and a God. It's hard to always understand how that can be, but, but we don't have to understand all the details. We just need to put our trust in Jesus Christ. And Jesus was fully man, fully God. So he, this, this verse talks about his humanity, but then also his deity. It says, and the government will be on his shoulders. The government. Will, like, so when I, when I looked at this, like, what does this mean that the government will be on his shoulders? Well, really this word government isn't maybe how we think of like our government or a different government. It really is talking about this idea that he has dominion and rule. And he takes the, on his shoulders, that's a way of saying he takes the responsibility. He takes it seriously that he reigns, that he is ruling. And he takes it on his shoulders. He bears that responsibility. The Net Bible translates it as he shoulders responsibility. Instead of, instead of the government being on his shoulders, he, he shoulders responsibility. He takes on the responsibility of being a king that reigns. The song that we're going to sing at the end of the service today is, He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. Because Jesus reigns. And we can sing and celebrate that, not just on Christmas Day, but throughout the year that Jesus reigns. So, does Jesus reign in your life? Does Jesus reign where you work? Where you go to school? At your home? Is Jesus reigning in every place that you go? Now, most likely, he's not reigning in those places because, because those places aren't full of believers, most likely. But is he reigning in you? Is he reigning in me? Jesus reigns. He is the Prince of Peace. He deserves all glory and honor. He deserves to, be, to reign and sometimes we don't let him. We don't let Jesus reign. So maybe there's some areas of our lives that we're saying, no, Jesus, you can, you can reign in this part of my life, but in not, not that other area over there. Now, we probably don't actually say that because that sounds like, it sounds bad. <laughs> but sometimes we kind of act like that. We, we say, well, Lord, you can reign on Sundays. Or you can reign when I go to church. Or you can reign for my quiet time in the morning or, or, you know, when I listen to worship music. But you're not in charge when I'm mad at somebody and I want to get back at them. You're not really in charge when, I'm, when I go to work or wherever, whatever example it could be. Jesus deserves to reign in our lives. So let's let Jesus reign. Now, when we look at this next word, this, this word peace, it's translated in English peace, and most likely you've heard of this word shalom in Hebrew, but shalom doesn't just mean peace. It can't, it's not just an easy translation, shalom equals peace. This idea of shalom is this idea of wholeness, this idea of completeness, 
This idea of restoration happening. And not just in a, in a spiritual sense. This can be in any kind of sense. That you want to make sure that when, when one of your sheep is off and you're a shepherd and you get the sheep back, then you have shalom. You have a wholeness. You're, you're complete again. So it's not just in a spiritual sense that shalom is wholeness. In the NIV study Bible, it said, unlike the princes and the pagan pantheon, who are always a source of trouble and upheaval, this child, this child Jesus, sorry, just got to turn the page, <laughs> is the source of peace. This biblical concept that includes much more than the absence of conflict, it speaks of this wholeness and this integration with no issues left unresolved. I love it when we have complete peace, when we have shalom in our homes, when there's no issues left undone. Sometimes we go to bed at night and there's still like a light on in one of the rooms or like, we're like, ah, oh, we got to go, go take care of that. Can't, like, we don't have that wholeness, we don't have that peace to able to go to sleep until that light's off. Wholeness. Completeness. That's what I want you to think about when you think about Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That He came to bring not just His reign and authority, He came to bring completeness. He came to bring us back to the Father. In I've been telling you guys through this last month of, of Advent about how my daughter Emily, when a few, now it's a couple months ago already, and she fell in the river when we were hiking at Turkey Run. And I've told you a lot about this, and this will probably be the last time I talk, talk to you about this, but there was, there was something, when she fell in the river, our family was not just, we were separated, I talked about that last week, we weren't just separated but we wanted her to be with us. We, we didn't want her just, you know, obviously once we realized that it wasn't a, huge, a very dangerous situation, we wanted to make sure she was with us. We wanted shalom. We wanted the peace of our family together. You know, I, she, was, she was so concerned when she fell in that her new, um, her new watch might get ruined. And so she was like, Daddy, I'm trying to keep it out of the water. <laughs> like, good job, Emily. <laughs> good job, Emily. But I don't care about the watch. I care about you. Yes, it was not a cheap watch, but yes, you, I, I care about you being okay. I wanted to br- bring her back to shalom, to that, that completeness, that, that peace. You know, we got her out, surprisingly, however, we got, and I didn't fall in, which I was really happy about, I thought I would a few times, because we were on this slippery, slippery rock, and it was really hard to get her out, and I thought for sure I was going to fall in, but thankfully I didn't, but we got her out, but she's cold, she's wet, and it was a nice sunny day earlier, but it's no longer, and now... We're trying to get her to safety. We're trying to get her 
out of these wet clothes and into something that's dry. Thankfully, there was a few people that had like an extra jacket or I forget how we did it all, but we got mostly her wearing some dry clothes. But once we got her into safety and we got her some dry clothes and realized that she actually didn't have scrapes and bruises, but she was okay. Then we started again having shalom. Because we were back together. We were whole. We were complete. Even when there's a problem, Jesus is our shalom. Even when we don't know how we're going to get out of a mess, Jesus wants to bring us back. He wants to restore the broken. He wants to bring us to wholeness. He is our shalom. There's lots of places in the Bible that speak about shalom, and I have a couple on the screen that speak about the peace of Jesus. I think the first one was in John, right? John fourteen twenty seven. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus isn't charging us. He isn't t- telling us we have to do all these things to get his peace. He says, I give it to you. I leave it with you. I do not give, you, give it to you like the world does. And then he says, if you have Jesus' peace, if you have the shalom of Jesus, he says this, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. When we have Jesus, when we have the peace of Jesus, the Prince of Peace in our life, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be troubled. We don't need to have anxiety or worry about all the things that the world worries about. Because we have Jesus. And we have His wholeness. His completeness. So Jesus is the Lord, our Prince of Peace, who brings wholeness. He brings, He he restores the broken. He brings the wholeness. In Isaiah 32, 17, the fruit of all righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Isaiah 52, how beautiful are the mountains or the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace and bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. The Prince of Peace reigns. He brings wholeness and He reigns. Now, In Isaiah 26, it talks about this perfect peace. In verses 3 and 4, it says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Okay, say steadfast. Okay, so that's kind of important. Your mind is steadfast. You're going to keep that perfect peace, that perfect wholeness from Jesus, that completeness. Because they trust in you. They, people, when we trust in Jesus, when we trust in the Lord, the Prince of Peace, we're going to have that perfect peace that brings us wholeness. And it says in verse 4, trust in the Lord forever. That seems like a long time. For the Lord, the Lord Himself is the rock eternal. The Lord is, is our everlasting God, we know. And He brings us peace. 
and we can trust Him not just for a few years, not just for however long our uh, earthly lives are, but He will bring us peace for eternity. Now I wonder, I'm pretty sure, that once we once this world passes away, once we have passed away, or Jesus returns, I'm pretty sure we don't need to worry about peace or conflict anymore. In fact, we know that for all eternity, we're going to be in shalom with Jesus. So right now, when it doesn't seem like we always have shalom, we don't always have that wholeness, it doesn't always seem like Jesus is reigning everywhere because how can there be like wars and how can there be people killing each other? How can there even be car accidents or anything? How can, how can we have the peace, the, the completeness of Jesus who reigns when we're still all this bad stuff is happening? That's, that's the question that we, answer, that we have to ask ourselves a lot. But we're in this already but not yet part of the world. Jesus has already come. He's already given peace. He's already shown that He's the Prince of Peace, that He's reigning, but not in a complete way yet. Yes, He is the one that's bringing completeness and wholeness, but this world still has a lot of sin, a lot of problems, a lot of chaos, and and death. There will be no more death in heaven, right? There will be no more sin There'll be no more brokenness. I get excited thinking about that. And I know some people, when they're nearing the end of their life, they're they're just so ready to go. They're just so ready to be with Jesus. I hope that's how we always live. Not in a morbid way, but in a way that we want to be with our Savior, our Prince of Peace. And, And when we are too busy in the morning, or we're too busy to talk to Jesus through the day, that we can still come to the Lord anytime, anywhere. And He brings us His peace. He brings us this wholeness. Because Jesus reigns, He brings wholeness, and He invites us into His kingdom. And that's our third point today, is that Jesus invites us into His kingdom. His kingdom is a kingdom that's very different, actually, the opposite of the kingdoms of this world. Jesus invites us into be part of His family, into His kingdom. His peace is not a worldly peace, like they say at all the different pageants. We want peace. We want world peace. That's, that's good. That's a good idea. But world peace is not going to ever happen without Jesus. And so what we need is we need to be accepting that Jesus reigns, that Jesus brings completeness, His wholeness. He restores the broken, and we come into His kingdom. And every, every place we go, we bring His peace. It doesn't mean there's going to be peace everywhere. It just means we're going to be in Jesus' kingdom wherever we go, wherever Jesus reigns, is where people see more and more of who Jesus is, the Prince of Peace. And Jesus says that we don't need to be anxious. That we don't need to be worried. So let's not be worried. Let's not be anxious. Let's have the joy 
of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who reigns, who is wholeness, who invites us into His kingdom, who offers us His peace. And we're going to see it as our main idea today is that Jesus came to be our Prince of Peace. And He came to rescue us from our brokenness. He wants to restore us to wholeness. And someday, we are going to be completely at shalom with Jesus. But we can have pockets of that now in His kingdom. We can have pieces of that wholeness now in in that already part. But the not yet is going to happen. And when that not yet happens, there will be no more sadness. No more sorrows. There will be no more tears. Because Jesus brings, He rescues us from our brokenness and He restores us to His peace, His shalom. So the good news is that Jesus came to this earth. He came to live. He came to give His life. Remember, the Son is given, and then the Son gives His life. He's taking our brokenness and replacing it with a hope-filled eternity. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Eugene Peterson said that these four names are the frontal attack on all that keeps us from God. Our assault on what is wrong with the world. Let's, Let's declare that Jesus is these things to us and to the world. He's our wonderful counselor. He's our mighty God. He's able to save. He's our eternal, everlasting Father and that He brings His shalom. So I've been asking you each, each week, what do you want for Christmas? And today is Christmas. So I don't know if you've opened presents yet or not or this later, but what do you want for Christmas? And I hope that it's not just some things that you open. It's not just, yeah, there, there can be some good presents we give each other. But it's not just material things. I hope what you want for Christmas is the joy of Jesus in your family, in our church family, in our communities. That we want Jesus to reign. We want Jesus to be in charge. Jesus, that one, the person that wants you and loves you so much, that he rescues you, rescues me from my ignorance, from my sin, from my isolation, and from my brokenness. This is the Jesus that we celebrate on this day, Christmas Day, and every day. We celebrate Jesus as our Prince of Peace, who came to bring his wholeness and shalom So do you call him Lord? Because that's what he wants to be called. Not just all these other titles. But Jesus wants each of us to call him Lord. That we trust in him. So I I hope that that's your prayer for Christmas. That your excitement for Christmas is that you call Jesus Lord and you see that the Son is given freely. The Son is not some, something we have to earn. Our salvation is given. So let's accept it 
and accept the joy of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Lord, that you are the Prince of Peace. Thank you that you bring peace to us, even in this world that doesn't have peace or doesn't really understand what kind of peace they really need. We pray, Jesus, that you would be our shalom, that you would bring wholeness, that you would bring healing, that you would restore us to the Father. We pray, Jesus, that we would not compartmentalize our lives, but we would make you Lord and Savior of every area of our life. And Jesus, I pray for those that maybe don't know you this Christmas, that Lord, that your spirit would just show them that your arms are open wide, ready to receive them. It doesn't matter what anyone has done. We can turn to you, Jesus. Even if we've been far away, we come back to you. Lord, bring us to you. Pray this in your name. Amen.